This morning we're in James chapter number 4. We kicked off a sermon series before the holidays. And uh, this morning we're picking back up where we left off. It's been a little while, uh, but we've been walking through the book of James. And today we're in James chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 13. And uh, just talking today about abundant living. And uh, a lot of times people approach it with the wrong attitude, uh, uh, but I pray to God that he would write his word on our heart this morning and grant clarity to us as we walk through his word. When you think about life, uh, life is such a sacred gift entrusted to each one of us that we so often take for granted. Uh, every single moment, every single heartbeat is a gift from God to each one of us. And I pray that we would make the most of the time that he has given to us. You know, it's interesting when you read through Scripture because the Bible says in John chapter number 10 and verse number 10, Jesus said this. He said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I was thinking about this abundant life, and I pray to God this morning we'd understand what we're talking about when we say abundant living. Uh, it's not life uh, uh, apart from any, any difficulties because you're going to have difficulties along the way, but it's life and uh, surrender to the will of Jesus Christ and walking with him through storms that will come your way. And, uh, and it's through those moments that good night we can experience abundant living as one of his children. Uh, you know, so many times with people, when you hear them describing their life and their world in which they're living, uh, uh, it's lacking this abundance. If Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly, then the question's got to be asked, why can't I describe my life as abundant? Uh, what am I missing out on? Because I believe when it comes to the abundant life, uh, 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 although it is available to us as children of God Almighty, it's available to us, uh, uh, but oftentimes we neglect and we miss out on the blessings that he has for us along the way. And so this morning, it's my prayer that we would understand what abundant living <clears throat> is all about. William Henry wrote a poem, and, uh, and, and, and it's entitled Invictus. Many of you have heard of it. Uh, there's a famous line from it that most of us have heard, and it simply says this, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And although there are many that live uh, according to that statement, I, I don't believe that that statement is true in and of itself. How in the world can be the, I be the master of my fate when I can't guarantee you what's to come in the next moment of my life? I can't guarantee you anything that's going to happen in the next moment, in the next day, in the next week, in the next year. I don't know, but I'm telling you this morning, God Almighty knows. He's the one who is sovereign. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God. He's the great I am. And he does know exactly uh, what's to come for you and for me. And so God help us to let him and enable him and ask him and to beg him to write your will upon my heart, uh, because sometimes we struggle with that. You know, the Bible tells us this. In fact, we just sang about it just a moment ago in Ephesians chapter number 2 and in verse number 10. Listen to how special you are as one of his children this morning. If you have been saved, if you have been born again, uh, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2 and in verse number 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the works that he's prepared for us in advance. Uh, in other words, we are his masterpiece of all of creation. You can look around at the stars in the heavens and say, man, God, my God spoke them into existence. And you can go out and see the Grand Canyon. And you can say, man, my God, with his fingertip, just scrape that and 
created that from nothingness. My God went out there and he developed the oceans and he created everything that's been created, he has created. But above all things that have been created, he says, let me tell you something, you are my masterpiece as one of his children. And he does have incredible plans for each of us. How can I experience the abundant life? How can I experience abundant living? So James has been writing to us, and his, his whole uh, uh, premise behind his little letter is just simply, man, I want you to be mature in Christ. I want you to, to, to don't leave anything on the table. I, I want you to understand and experience everything that God Almighty has for you along the way. And so in this little text of Scripture, I believe that what he does for us <clears throat> is he gives us a plan for abundant living. James chapter number 4, verses 13 and following. And the Bible says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, or rather, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. So how do we experience, again, this abundant life, abundant living? It, it, it begins with the planning process. And so, and, so, and so he's just simply saying, hey, be a, be a providential. Make sure you're practicing providential planning. Practice providential planning and not being a presumptuous planner. That's what he's saying. He's saying practice providential planning planning. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. So many times what we do is we will submit our plans to God, and rather than submitting our plans to God and asking for his blessings, say, God, I want you to write your plans on my heart. There's a difference. A lot of times what we do is we say, man, it's my life. I'm going to figure it out. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and I'm going to know what I'm going to do, and there's nothing wrong with planning. By the way, he is not knocking planning or, or uh, planning to make a profit. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, however, when we omit God's existence in our planning, then we do have a problem because our life is a gift from God. When we submit our plans to him, rather than surrendering to his plan for us. He gives us this picture of a presumptuous plan. What do you mean by a presumptuous planner? Well, a presumptuous planner just makes plans without God, as if he doesn't exist, as, as if my tomorrows are in my hands when the fact of the matter, they are not. And so this presumptuous planner says, Man, I, I'll talk about this time. Come now, you say today or tomorrow. So he's talking about time oh, over which I have no control. He says, place, we're going to go to this city or we're going to go to that city. In other words, I, I, I know exactly where we're going to go. And when we get there, we're going to stay for this period of time. You know not how long you will stay in that city or in that place. My God does, and we can make plans. However, again, total surrendership. He's just simply saying making plans without him is foolishness. I'm going to make a profit. Well, even in the profit, <clears throat> we have no control ultimately over those things. In fact, he talks about this in verse number 16. He says in verse 15 and 16, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills it. You know, there's, uh, you ever heard this saying, 
Good Lord wills it and the creek don't rise. You ever heard somebody say that? <laughs> there's, there's some truth to that. If, if the Lord does will it, then I will be there. If the Lord does will it, I will be there. And it's just recognizing that. Verse 16 says, how prideful to make plans apart from God Almighty's existence. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. He says, number one, it's prideful. Why is it prideful? Because you're not the master of your own fate. Life is, <laughs> you ever heard this one? Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> There's truth to that too. I, I, I don't know what's going to come, but my God does. And he is in control of all things. God help me simply trust and walk with him. I, I, I was thinking these thoughts about this planning apart from God as if to say, again, we're in control of all things when the fact is we're not. I, I, I read some statistics and it's just some thoughts that I had when I was thinking about being the master of my own fate. You know, the Bible says that 80%, not the Bible, but facts are, 80% uh, of the world lives on less than $10 a day. You hear that? 80% of the world lives on less than $10 a day. 25,000 kids die every single day because of poverty around the world. 25,000. 1.6 billion people live life without electricity. Why, why do you give those statistics? Because I don't believe that these people are necessarily poor planners or lack discipline when it comes to the diligence with which they go about their business. We live life in a broken world and there are struggles that do happen along the way. And God help us not be so prideful. That's what James is saying. How arrogant, how arrogant to think that I am what I am, that I've accomplished what I've accomplished because of my diligence, because of my sovereignty. When the fact of the matter is you're not sovereign. Everything that I have has a gift from God that's been given to me. Daniel, back in the book of Daniel, we've been walking through there on Sunday evenings. Daniel chapter number 4, King Nebuchadnezzar made a statement in chapter 4. And in verse number 30 and 31, it says this, The king reflected... Get the picture. He's the king of Babylon. He's walking around on his roof. He's looking over his vast empire. In other words, man, we are, we are the empire of the world. We're the big shots of the day. And I am, by the way, king of this empire. So the king reflected Nebuchadnezzar and he said, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power for the glory of my majesty and you know scripture says pride comes before fall in verse 31 while the word was in the king's mouth a voice came from heaven saying king nebuchadnezzar to you it is declared sovereignty has been removed from you it's prideful to plan without god because ultimately i don't have control God has gifted me with the gifts that I have. God has gifted me with the mind that I've got. 
He's allowed me and enabled me opportunities. He's placed me in a specific place for purposes that are His. And if I'm going about life as if He doesn't exist, then I'm just going to end up butting my head and missing out on the abundant life that He has prepared for me. You know what we do is is we say, man, I, I know what's best for me. When the fact of the matter is, who created you? God created you. And a lot of times what we do is we want God to come and fit within our box because this is what I have for me. And you know what happens? Some people will even accomplish their goals but miss out on the abundant life. I can accomplish my personal goals sometimes, God willing, But in so doing, I still can miss out on abundant living. I've lived that life. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about saved people who are just not living under the Lordship because I want to do what I want to do. I want to be the best college baseball coach that there's ever been. That's what I want to do. And you can experience success but miss out on abundance. And God, help us recognize that. How prideful, says James in verse number 16, to plan without God. All such boasting, he goes on to say, it's not only prideful, but how evil. How evil. You know why, why, why it's evil when you're talking about being evil? <clears throat> because you're basically living life on the same plane, plane as an atheist. No God. You you can be a a professing Christian, but a practicing atheist. Oh, I I believe in Jesus Christ, but I'm going to live life. And so many people miss out on abundant living simply because I am the master of my own fate. When the fact of the matter is, James is just simply saying, Don't be a presumptuous planner. You're living life on the same level as an atheist. But he says in verse 15, Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. That God Almighty has an amazing plan for you and for me. God has a plan for you and for me. So the question's got to be asked. Well, how do, you, how do I know that? How do I know that? I mean, there's, a, there's general truths that are true for every person that's ever called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love your neighbor. Pray without ceasing. <clears throat> Make disciples of all the nations. I mean, there, there are some truths that just are to be lived out on a daily basis. And the fact of the matter is, I think that sometimes we miss out on the next step of our walk. Because there's a lot of people that are crying out, God, I want to know your will because I want to walk in your way. And you're not even walking in the simple truths that are set forth in black and white in Scripture. But I want to know your plan, God, when the fact of the matter is, for what? So that you might have an option to consider? So that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. It's about acknowledging You are 
my Lord, and I am your child, and I do want to know your will because I will walk in your way. God, help me in this process. So how do you know it? How do you know the will of God? Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 12, verses, uh, really getting down to verse 2. Let me read verse 1, and then we're going to get into verse 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we've got to be in the Word of God. He speaks to us through His Word. It's amazing what He will do if we will just seek Him with all of our heart. How do you seek Him? Dive into His Word. Walk with Him daily. You see, a a daily walk, walking through the Word, is not about checking it off each day because I'm accomplishing a goal in my life of reading through Scripture this year, which is wonderful. It's wonderful to walk through, but the goal in reading through Scripture is not so that I can get to the end of the year and say, wow, I walked through the Word. Well, the question is, did you hear from God? That's what He wants. Yeah, walking through, it's wonderful to walk through the Word of God. I'm in the midst of that this year. Let God speak so that we might hear, so that we might know your will. How do you know his will? Well, get into his word. Determine that, hey, I want to be a living sacrifice. I'm yours, God, everything about me. And then the next question is, do you want to know God's will? Do you want to know God's will? Because John addresses that in John chapter number 7 and verse number 17 This is what he says. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. And so the question's got to be asked, do I really want to know his will? Do I really want to know God's will for my life or do I want to do it my way? That's a great question. Heard, a man, heard, heard, heard of a man that, man, he wanted a wife, and he was praying, God, dear God, would you send me a wife? Would you send me a wife? But not Ethel. <laughs> dear God, I, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. As <clears throat> long as it's in the southeastern part of the United States. Do you want to know his will? It's a great question. I mean, sometimes people look at God's will as if it's some kind of a prison sentence, as if we have a father that says, man, I got him where I want him now. In other words, if your child, if you're a parent in the room, and your child comes home and says, hey, I'll do anything you want me to do, you'd be like, hot diggity dog. (laughs) But let me ask you this question. If your child came in and said, I will do, I want to honor you, you tell me. Would you say, oh, good night. I'm fixing to work his tail off, make his life miserable. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Probably going to say, hey, let me figure out some things we can do together because I want to walk with you. I want to be with you. 
and we're going to have an incredible time together, you and me. And that's what the Father's will is for us. It's not a sentence. It's not a sentence. You hear people talk about God's will as if it's a sentence. Yeah, well, I've been serving at church for 22 years. Can't wait till he sets me free. (laughs) It's, 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 It's not a sentence. Hey, does that mean that every single moment of every single day that I'm walking with God... Sometimes it's difficult. But can I tell you something? Even in the difficulties, he's good. He's good. And he has a plan for you. And he has a plan for me. And it's not to make you feel like a little dog. But you are a child of the king. And he wants to walk with you in this life. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5. Psalm 37, verse number 4 and 5, it says it like this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, and trust also in Him, and He will do it. It's amazing what our God will do if we just seek. And that's to simplify everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I'm not seeking his will. I'm seeking him. I'm falling in love with him. And he begins to put and shape my heart such that my desires are in line with his plan. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's always interesting to me I, I know exactly where I am. I know exactly that I'm in the wi- middle of God's will. I'm excited to be here. I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. This is my place. This is where he's brought me. And by the way, his will is not just for preachers. I mean, it's so funny whenever a church is searching out for a new pastor, and uh, it's like, have you been praying? Is this, is this God's will? You believe God's going to place you here? Which, I, I, hey, that is part of the process. But the same question needs to be asked of every single one of us. Am I where God wants me to be? Because there's joy <clears throat> in that place. Practice providential planning, acknowledging that you have a plan. I'm yours. I am not submitting my plans to you, but rather I am surrendering to your plan for me providential planning god help us in that process but then also to have proper perspective about life proper perspective about life is so important yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow you're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away true two truths that james is saying you've got to recognize in life and the one is the uncertainty of life, the uncertainty of life. You don't know what's going to happen <clears throat> in your life. It's full of variables, things that you never saw coming, but that they come. But can I tell you something? You might not have seen it, but God knew about it. God knew about it. <clears throat> That's how life is. It's, it's, it's full of uncertainties. I didn't plan. Bonnie didn't plan. We did not make plans 
five months after we were married, to have her all of a sudden going through an emergency surgery and getting a diagnosis of cancer. We, we didn't plan that out. But God brought that, and I'm grateful, and it's one of the greatest blessings we've ever experienced in life. But we didn't make plans for that. But God knew that, and he was just directing our path. And it was well. It was well. When, 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 hey, when you're talking about the uncertainty of life, we were on a, on a mission trip, and I had a friend, Bill Rabin, who was a driver of my van, and Bill was talking. He was talking about tomorrow. This is what's going to happen. When we get home tomorrow, I can't wait to get home tomorrow because I'm sharing the gospel with some of my friends, and he made a list of friends that I'm going to share with on tomorrow. Well, the problem was the car that he was driving became his coffin because he died on the spot. Unexpected. Didn't plan on that. Hey, there's a lot of people. I didn't plan on my spouse saying, hey, I'm divorcing you. Didn't, didn't plan on my business saying, hey, we're going to downsize. Didn't see that one coming. Hey, I didn't, I didn't plan on being rejected from the school of my choice. I didn't plan on not making this team this year. Uh, the list goes on and on. The uncertainties of life. And just recognizing. Why must we recognize that? Because although they might be uncertain for you and me, God knows. And it's not a surprise to Him. Proverbs says it like this in chapter 27 and in verse number 1. In Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 1. Do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring forth. We don't know what tomorrow will hold, the uncertainties. But aren't you thankful that we can know the one that holds tomorrow? Not only the uncertainties of life, but he says your life is brief. It's just, it's just a mist. You know what's interesting? It seems as though no matter how many years God blesses one with, that it never seems to be enough. I want more. I want more. It's been brief. It's been short. It hasn't taken very long. And Scripture wants us to understand the brevity of life. Psalm 103, the Bible says it like this. <clears throat> In Psalm number 103, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says it like this. As for man, his days are like grass. And as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. But, but when the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. Psalm 39, verse number 4. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days and let me know how transient I am. What's the psalmist saying? God, help me not to take my life for granted. I don't know how many days I have. I was thinking this thought. <clears throat> this was the thought that I was thinking this week when I was thinking about the brevity of life. If my life, 
if God wills and allows and he tarries in his return and I live an average lifespan of people in the United States, I, I've only got a couple minutes left in the third quarter if my life's a football game. Like, like it's not much longer. It's not much longer. Why does he want us to understand that? Because so many times what we do in life is we bank on the tomorrows. I'll get around to it. And we miss out on the moment and the sacredness that's been entrusted to us of life itself. He said, make sure that you are very much aware of the uncertainties in life. <clears throat> Possess a proper perspective about life itself. And then in verse number 17, he says, Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And he's just saying, hey, make sure you maximize every moment because you're not guaranteed the next. Maximize. I, I, I had a thought, and, and I shared it this morning already once, but I, because I can't get over the thought. But I just... I wonder how many divine moments I've missed out on because I said it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. James says maximize the moment. Maximize the moment that you have been given. And he's addressing here in verse number 17, basically sins of omission. And you know, when you think of sins of omission, sins of omission are really, they're kind of under the radar. In other words, in other, words other people don't see it when I commit sins of omission. What do you mean by that? <clears throat> God lays on my heart to call someone to share the gospel. God lays on my heart to get with that person. God lays on my heart to pray for that person. God lays on my heart to seek restoration for that person. God lays on my heart something that he wants me to do. And you never know it. Oh, you, you see and you hear my sins of commission. And so there's a little accountability with commission. If I lie, you call me on it. If I cheat, you see me in it. But sins of omission are different. It's when God says, hey, I have divine moments set just for you today. <laughs> divine moments. And do you know what I believe? <clears throat> I believe that our God is able to do more in one divine moment than what you and I can do with a lifetime of planning. God has a special plan and purpose for you and for me. Don't procrastinate, which is basically what he's talking about here. Procrastination, the sins of procrastination, putting off to tomorrow what God lays on your heart to do today. God help me not procrastinate. How easy is that? 
procrastination. <clears throat> I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I mean, I, I think of my life growing up. I grew up in the church, and I'm grateful for my heritage. I'm grateful for my mother and father. I was one of five. I was number four in the list. Number one in mom and dad's heart, but number four in the <laughs> list of five people. So I had my older siblings. And you know how, how it goes. We, we, although we would go to the park and hang together, we didn't hang a lot together, but we did hang when we went to church because we did go to the same church <laughs> as a family. And I can remember growing up <clears throat> and the struggle, the struggle with life, things I'd struggle with. And the only time I'd see my older siblings would be at church. And I would think, man, it must be easy because they sure look like they're loving God and walking with him. Only time I saw, or only time we really we hung out a lot was when we got to church. So it's like, man, maybe maybe it'll be easier. It'll be easier when I get to high school, when I was in middle school. You get to high school and you realize, hmm, <laughs> same struggles. It'll be easier in college because I'm watching my siblings and they seem to have it all together. It's going to be easier over there. And then you get to college and you realize. Hmm. Well, when you get a spouse and you get a home of your own, it's going to be easier. When you got there, it wasn't easier. Hey, live for him today. Don't procrastinate thinking tomorrow's going to be a better day. Today is the day gifted to you by God. Make the most of the moment. And although other people might not see the omission Hey, can I? God sees the omission, and he takes it very seriously. In other words, God's will and God's opportunities are not simply suggestions, but are commandments. This is, this is what I want. This is what I want for you. Listen to what he says in Luke 12, verses 47 and 48. Luke 12, 47, 48. Jesus is talking, and he says this. And that slave who knew his master's will did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but a few. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required, and to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, I have a plan for you. Walk in my way. You will experience the abundant life. But it does matter how you walk. I want to use you to impact eternity. You know, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine. Just simply saying, hey, God wants to use you. Don't submit your plan to him, but rather surrender to his plan for you and watch what he will do. Watch what he will do. There's an old hymn, and it says this, Have 
thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. That's the prayer of my heart. Would you join me for prayer this morning? God Almighty, He wants to do an amazing work in you and through you. Will you surrender to Him? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Begins with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, His Son. Maybe you hear this morning, and I'm, I'm talking to people who are saved today. But understand this, if you're not saved, God desires that you be saved. God desires an intimate relationship with you. But the problem is, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin separates us from God Almighty. Sin separates us from God. But the free gift of God comes to us through Jesus Christ. For God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever will believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That Jesus Christ came into this world not to condemn you of sin, but to save you from sin. And today, if you've never called on his name, you can call on his name even today. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe this is the day that you would say, hey, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him to write his plan for me. And let it begin even today. And if that's where you are this morning, I want to encourage you to call on his name. We're going to sing a song. As soon as we finish singing this song, we're going to wait for you this morning. You come today. You come today. Hey, but what about it, brothers and sisters? Are you living out his plan? Are you surrendered moment by moment? It's not a one and done. It's a daily Moment-by-moment moment walk. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I'm waiting right here, yielded and still. God, thank you for this moment. I thank you for your grace that's greater than all of our sin. Thank you for your mercies that have brought us together and for blessing us with another opportunity even now to surrender to you. Thank you. Have your way in this moment, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.